We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Feels like it's been a while since we talked pro wrestling, but this is that time. It's only been a week, but tons to catch up on. We are going to talk about the WWE and the cuts that they made last week. We're going to recap some of the stuff from Raw and SmackDown. We have two Raws and one SmackDown since the last show. Um, We're also going to talk about NXT, AEW, and preview the full Impact Rebellion card. It's not every day we talk Impact and preview a pay-per-view. 
This is what happens when the best belt machine is in the main event. Shout out to our boy, Justin, who always keeps us up to date on Impact. So tons of pro wrestling on this show. Going to be a fun one. But as always, sometimes we get to start the show on a fun note. Sometimes we have to start the show on a downer. And this week's downer, in my opinion, um, came because of the social climate, social events. And a lot of people felt uplifted. They felt good about the George Floyd, um, I had to guess, I don't want to call it George Floyd murder trial, uh, the trial that made the cop guilty of committing murder on George Floyd and George Floyd getting justice. And people were uplifted and happy about this. And I thought I was weird because I didn't feel happy that the right thing occurred until I went to your Twitter page, old man. And I stayed away from your comments, even though I'm sure they were on fire. But you felt similar to the point of, I'm glad that justice was served. I am not happy that we have to be here again. Um, yeah, so I was going to write a column on this, but changed my mind. I got too busy with a bunch of other stuff, and I'll probably hold off on it. But, you know, the trial of Derek uh, Chauvin killing George Floyd, I, it was, I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, I would read the highlights, but I just didn't feel like torturing myself. But the evidence was mounted so the pile of evidence was so big and insurmountable that it almost felt like a slam dunk that he would get convicted of something. Yet and still, as they were reading uh, the verdict, I was nervous because, you know, I, I was like, man, they can't like find him not guilty of something. He needs to be guilty of everything. Three counts, all guilty. I breathed a sigh of relief. Whew. That's, that's what I did. Thank goodness. This, this is about as easy of a trial of a verdict that you can come up with, with all the evidence, this was simple. Then I saw people, well, I saw people like celebrating and it was 420. So uh, one of my boys, D. Omen, uh, tweeted, you know, if Siobhan gets, uh, the verdict comes back guilty, what kind of pack we're smoking? And I was like, we're not smoking any pack because there's, there's no reason to celebrate, right? Like when you're down in a basketball game, 100 to zero, and you get a free layup, you need to, there's nothing to celebrate. And I guess it went viral and there were a bunch of people who agree and there were people that were like, this is negative, this is a negative thing. And let me explain myself in several ways that maybe some of y'all can relate to. Let's just say you work at a job and you've been busting your ass real hard and you wanted to get a manager position and the manager on the job is fucking terrible. Everybody knows he sucks but he gets preferential treatment. You come in early, stay late. You've been trying to get this raise because it comes with a raise. You want this raise, you deserve this raise. You're the hardest working person there. And for years they keep telling you, no, 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 no. Eventually you get this, the job. Now you've been busting your ass for years to get this position. Now you finally get it. Do you celebrate? Or do you go, man, you motherfucker should have been gave me this. I deserve this. I've earned this for all the bullshit you put me through. Yeah, I'm going to take it because I need the money, but I'm not going to celebrate this because I should have been there. Justice should have been served. We shouldn't have been on pins and needles to find out if this cop was convicted. 
This should have been the easiest case ever. And people were like, justice is served. No, the system is still broken because in the midst of the trial, a 20 year old's killed. When we talked about it last week, whether a, a gun's mistaken for a taser. As the convictions are being read, a 15, 15 or 16 year old girl is killed. And you guys want to celebrate? The last time we celebrated Barack Obama became president, while we were so busy celebrating, they were building a Trump. I don't believe in admiring my own work in terms of a boxer. Like when you finally land that punch against your opponent, but your opponent doesn't go down, I don't believe in standing there going, ooh, I got you. Just for that motherfucker to hit me back even harder, because that's what he's preparing for. Instead, I know in my head that I landed that shot. I know in my head that I'm relieved that I, I can penetrate the defense. But now I'm going to stick to the script. I ain't going to let you motherfuckers know that it's time that we celebrating this shit. I saw people doing the electric slide. No, man, this, <laughs> this is what we deserve. Justice is what the system is built for. That's what it was supposed to be built for. We've been denied it for so long. For, so for anybody to celebrate, and I, I use the word celebrate. I'm not saying you shouldn't be happy or relieved, but celebrating, celebrating. The system is still fucked up. We're still like, there. this cop was trained to kill. That part of the system is what is broken. That's why people say defund the police because it needs to be rebuilt from the bottom up. If you continue to train cops to kill, this is going to happen again. They're just going to find one scapegoat and be like, look, we're going to throw you a bone. Because <clears throat> rest assured, now this jury knew very well what they had in front of them. And if they didn't convict this fucker, they were going to burn Minneapolis down. They oh, knew oh, yeah. People will say, oh, you know, if you're, if you're on the jury, you're not supposed to know the case. But everybody knows what's going on in this country. So who's going to put the system on trial? Because the fact that a 20-year-old was just killed less than two weeks ago and uh, the 15-year-old girl was killed the same day says that the system has a problem. Now, I don't want to speak too much about uh, the young girl being killed because there's a lot that goes into that one. But I will say this. I will say the fact that we have to question whether or not the police are using force in the right way is the problem. Because Correct. we've seen the Kyle Rittenhouses go into a crowd to shoot at people and come out just fine. We've seen murderers come away with this all the time. So it's not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not the, necessarily the application of force because there's gonna be, the textbook's gonna say, well, if somebody's life is threatened and you know the police are justifiable to use force, right? But this is all based on what you believe is threatening versus what's not. So the fact that we have to question whether the cops are telling the truth, whether we have to look at the body cam to see if the facts are the facts, because the 13 year old boy just got shot and the cops lied and said he had a gun. And we saw the body cam footage and there was no gun there. They just yep. shot that boy. We can't trust the police. So the system is fucked up. I don't have time to celebrate small victories. I don't do it. And then maybe that's because I'm a pessimist, but that doesn't change anything. Some people say, well, we got a little bit. No, you didn't get anything. You got a layup on a fucking fast break with no defense. There is nothing to run up and down the court going, oh yeah, we scored, baby, we in the game. You motherfuckers are still down 98 fucking points. We got a game to play. Keep your head in the game, work hard. 
I know there's some people that are going to celebrate and say, I am doing the work. All right, whatever that means, because I don't, I don't know. Work these days is different for a lot of people. Is it tweeting? Is it, you know, are you trying to get a job? Are you trying to be a judge? Are you trying to be an attorney? Are you, are you, are your boots on the ground in the streets? Are you protesting? Like, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. But the work is the work. And the work is far from finished. So if you're offended by me saying that I ain't celebrating shit, there's nothing to celebrate. I'm sorry. There is nothing to celebrate for things that you should already have in your possession. Like, I, I can't fathom sitting at home being starved out by my parents. And they come home with a can of corn with no can of corn and be like, here you go. And I go, man, I'm so happy. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to celebrate this can of corn. No, fuck you. I should have been had this can of corn. Now give me a can opener. I'm not, I'm not with the celebration shit, y'all. I'm not. That's not. And that's not to poop on your parades or make you feel bad for celebrating. No, breathe a sigh of relief. Be happy. But man, just keep, just know nothing has changed. This was the most obvious, obvious one of them all. Even Rodney King got his ass kicked, but they'll say, well, we didn't see what happened before the camera turned on. Yeah. You know, Trayvon Martin, there was no video footage. Like, there have been a lot of situations where it's up for interpretation. We watched a man stand on a man's neck for over nine minutes, and we still sat on pins and needles like, going to find this motherfucker guilty? That's a problem. The system's fucked. The system is broken. The system needs to be on trial. The system needs to be completely turned upside down, started from the ground up. Nothing to celebrate. No, I mean, how do I follow that, right? <laughs> um, no, I completely agree. And the gray area or that that mistrust that is now and kind of has always been inherently there when it comes to the police by minorities is what makes it so scary. Because we'll say this all the time, and I, I, I openly say it because it's the truth. All cops aren't bad cops. But that inherent fear from minorities to police is that we don't know who is good and who isn't. And that's, that's the scary part. Because when I see the video and I hear the stories about, you know, oh, a 15-year-old girl was shot or 16, however old she was. Apologize for not knowing her exact age. But then, like you said, it's, it's oh, she was shot by the police. And that fear is what strikes us first. And that's scary. And then details come out or whatever. And even then, I, I have a real internal problem with officers being judge, jury, and executioner. That, that bothers me. And it happens way too much to our people. When you mention serial killers, mass murderers, domestic terrorists, they get brought in in handcuffs. Why is it that some people, if all police are the same and the training methods are the same and everyone is on this, this level of training and everything, why is it that they manage to get those people who are armed and extremely dangerous in without a scratch to their body, but us, they must shoot. They must tase. I, I just don't get like the training, even if you do, there has to be some form of training, like where you can shoot below the waist. You can shoot for a leg. You can make sure that you down your, I almost said down your opponent, like it's a combat sports. But you, you know what I'm like, you, you take these measures and that's not too much to ask because you're not a normal civilian with a gun. 
You give me a gun and I'm fearful for my life. Cool. I shoot somewhere wherever the hell I could shoot them. I'm not trained to shoot a gun. I, I'm, I'm aiming and landing wherever the hell I can. But if it was my job, if it was my profession, I should be able to kind of put it wherever I want. It's like professional quarterback. Like if I'm in the NFL, no, I just can't throw ducks and if hope it gets to the receiver. I got to make this ball go wherever the hell I want the ball to go. I better back shoulder fade this shit. I better throw the slant, everything. Like everything has to be perfect because I'm a professional quarterback. That's how cops should be. Yeah. The training should be such where if you shoot someone, if you're confident enough to shoot somebody, if that is in your training and you feel threatened, you better be good enough to shoot their fucking pinky toe off. Like, I want you to be that trained. Now, if you hit them in the calf, blah, blah, but I need to know that you are trained that well. That is something that I don't have faith in. And that's something that needs to change. Because if you have to shoot someone, you shoot them, you disarm them, we continue, you let the court system do what it does for everyone. And I don't feel like we have an equal playing field in that regard. And we talked about this, though. I feel like the police officer's fear level goes up and they feel threatened much easier by the minorities, by the Black people, than they do with others. Even when it comes to domestic terrorists with a rifle in his hand, when it comes to a guy who is walking through protest with a bulletproof vest on, like the 19-year-old idiot who then shoots people out of protest, and then they catch him three days later. Cops don't fear that person with a gun and a bulletproof vest on. We can't go out in the streets and do the same. No, and, and that's, that's the problem, man. Like, I've seen a lot of people defending uh, her name is Makia Bryant, and I've seen a lot of people defend the shooting, and it's not, like I said, there's there's so much to unpack there, but we need to start at the, the beginning of the problem is it's the inherent fear of African Americans, regardless of where they are, and how justice isn't handed out in the same manner in a white neighborhood as it is a black or brown neighborhood, and, th- and that's really the crux of this conversation. And, you know, Derek Chauvin, I mean, you stand on a man's neck for over nine minutes. Yeah, he's going to die. And it's, it's there, there is, you know, it's, it's even crazy that, that we, you know, there's three steps to this, right? Because you have to get charges brought in first to mean this thing is going to go to trial. And we've seen like with Breonna Taylor, like that shit didn't even happen. Then you have the trial and you have to get a guilty verdict. That's the next step. Then there's the final step, sentencing. Now, if you go back to the Oscar Grant case, uh, with Johannes Meserly when he killed Oscar Grant at the BART station, and shit, this is over a decade ago now. And you, he was found guilty, but the judge used his discretion to give Meserly a lighter sentence, and Meserly only spent less than a year behind bars for killing a man in cold blood in his back. So you can get excited about the guilty verdict, but what, you know, the max is 40 years. I guarantee you that he's not doing 40. But what if he does five? Are you still happy about this guilty verdict? You have to ask yourself because there's people that are locked up for nonviolent crimes have done a lot longer time than cops murdering people. So this is why I say the system is broken. Like y'all celebrating the guilty verdict, but we, the man hasn't even been sentenced yet. This dude might get out in a few years. Is that fair? Is that justice being served? Is the Floyd family happy? 
It's a lot, man. It's a lot. So that's why I don't celebrate. There are many, many steps. There's many steps before we see what justice actually looks like. Nothing is a slam dunk. I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, the maximum on those charges is four years. I don't see that shit happening at all, at all. And I'd be shocked if a police officer got the maximum on something. Yeah, and we'll see because it's it's funny how people have different kind of energy for things, right? Like the guilty verdict is some, but how many of y'all going to pay attention to the sentencing? How many of y'all going to pay attention to the next trial for the cops who were there that watched George Floyd get killed mm-hmm. by Derek Chauvin? They're on trial. How much are you going to pay attention to that because they're accomplices to murder? Yeah, they did nothing to prevent this. So what are you going to pay attention? Are you going to have that same energy for that? That's what I'm saying, man. Like you can't just celebrate one minor thing. that's a slam dunk. There's so many moving parts here that have not been fair to us for so many years. I I ain't got time to be doing the fucking electric slide. I just don't. I don't. Sorry. I only do the electric slide at weddings. I don't even do it there. Fuck that thing. <laughs> you don't strike me as a, a heavy dancer at weddings. Um, t- talking about celebrating and reactions, we saw many organizations, um, especially within sports, all this stuff, make statements, make sure that, you know, they wanted to show support to the community. People can debate if that's genuine or not, right? That's the climate we're in. I'll just take it for face value. So they are speaking up, showing support for George Floyd, his family, for justice. Sometimes though, it gets tricky. And that brings me to the Oakland Raiders. Excuse Oakland. Me. No, whoa, whoa. Las Vegas Raiders. You want you want to send them back? We I want to send them back. Shit, we can send them back. Like at this point, I got the stadium. Like, let's just use it for fights. Um, for the Las Vegas Raiders. And their tweet of I can breathe. Now. I mean, Mark Davis's tweet. He took full responsibility for this. Unless he has that app on his phone. Let's figure this out. (laughs) Uh, I work in social every single day. Unless he has Twitter on his phone and made a direct mandate to no one else touch Twitter that day. There, and to my knowledge, that's not necessarily how big corporations handle their social media departments. But if this was even a directive that came down, that says a world about a workplace environment where no one felt comfortable enough to even speak up and say, this ain't the move. Where there's not enough minorities in the building, not enough black folk in the building to be like, eh, this might not be the one. Because that was, and I understand George Floyd's uh, brother, I believe, came out, showed support to the Raiders. What? It is in the moment. I don't care if it's a saying. I don't care if you saw it on a mural painted underneath. In the moment, reading the room, this ain't it. This ain't it, chief. And when people start voicing that, social media one-on-one, you got to take your L. You got to take it down, admit that you messed up, live to fight another day. They did none of that. Yeah, so whether Mark Davis did this or not, it just came from the Raiders franchise. And yeah. 
And it's his franchise. So if he's just take, if he's taking the blame because it's his franchise, cool. That's, that's, it's your franchise. It's okay if you do that. If it came directly from him and his phone, which I doubt, but sure, that's also a possibility. But no, it's one of those things like he's not throwing anyone under the bus. Sign of good leadership, but there still has to be a conversation. Yeah. So the issue is there are some people like, well, did you think this was malicious? No, I didn't think it was malicious. That's not the issue here. The issue here are blind spots. The issue here is that you took some words of a man being murdered and then your white ass could breathe. I don't give a fuck if you can breathe. It's not about you. You know who can't breathe? George Floyd, who is no longer here. So to post that picture in that graphic was like, what are you doing? Because you're not making anything better. It's not bringing George Floyd back. He's gone. And, you know, I don't care. And this sounds bad, but I don't care if George Floyd's brother says it's okay. I don't. Because... What is he supposed to say, right? Like, not everybody's like a, a political activist or a social activist and they're gonna fight for everything. Like, not everybody's like that. No matter who dies, no matter whose family you're in, maybe he just doesn't feel like dealing with it. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is this, this fucking text was unnecessary. This tweet was completely unnecessary. And, it, and, it, and the fact that there was such an uproar about it and Dave was like, I ain't taking that shit down. There's the tone deaf part about it. You, dog, there's nothing good about this. I don't care. I can breathe. It was never about us being able to breathe. It yeah. just, it wasn't. And you're, and like we, I, I continue to say, there always needs to be a black person who's like, Mm-mm, what are you doing? Put that phone down, Mark. That ain't it. Have a conversation with somebody that's black or a minority in the room before you go and post something like that. Because the backlash you're going to get, I guess he's so rich that he doesn't give a shit. But you should. Or, or again, the dynamics. We've all been in these rooms, right? Like me and you have been in these rooms. Is one black person enough? Because even if. No. Even if you're in this room, how hard is it not to be a yes man to Mark Davis? Because he's, he's not necessarily talking to the average Joe Schmo at the bottom of the company. Even if he's reaching out to a black person and be like, yo, is this cool? He's still talking to probably a black person on the executive level, right? Where you can get your your paws on him. You got a direct line to the owner of the Raiders. So he's talking to like a black person somewhat in a higher up level. And it's like, how many of us are there in that capacity? And then at that point, would you even feel comfortable if we're keeping a buck saying, you know what? Guy who signs my checks, provides for my family, gives me an executive salary, no, nah, that ain't it, boss. Like, or do you sit there and just shake your head and be like, okay. I mean. It's you're, it's you're, tough. It's tough. You're asking me. You know what I'll do. Oh, I know. Right? <laughs> I know how you give it up. That's, that's, that's But the I, I can understand the challenge of being the one black person in the room with a room full of white people who are ranked higher than you that say, we're doing this. And you're just like, I'm not risking my job for this shit. <laughs> I'm just yeah. They ain't me, right? And this was in poor taste. It wasn't even like, I understand the purpose behind it wasn't malicious, just in poor taste. Yeah, so I get it. I just know I'm I'm just wired like this. Like I (laughs) can't help myself because I I think I've built up enough cachet throughout the years that if you hire me, you know what you're getting. And when I come into that room, you also reconsider what you were about to do because you're like, oh, it's Andres. Uh, Let's run it by him first. That's what 
people do now. They would have never people, shown you this, by the way, because they'd be like, nah, oh, Andre's going to fucking crush us. <laughs> no. I would have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I understand corporate business. I understand, like, people, there are people that say shit. It's crazy, because, like, when you work for a big corporation, like, you know, being at the zone or being at BT or wherever, when you work at these big corporations, people think they know how things work behind the scenes, but they don't. They really, people really, really don't. And people are always quick to tell you what to do when you're at your job behind the scenes, or they tell you what you are doing. So like when I was at the zone, they would say things like, oh, you like Canelo because you work for the zone. No, I think Canelo's the best pound for pound fighter in the world. I never said I liked him. I just think he's number one. Oh, you're Cowtown for the zone because you're a co company guy. No, that's not what I'm doing. But people think that that's, I'm told to do that, right? Like people think that they're telling me you got to, push Canelo to the top. But I've been told, like, they knew when they hired me, like, I'm never going to just, you know, I'll, I'll say our top fighter sucks if I have to. I'm, I, that's my brand, I guess, if, if you want to yeah. call it that. That's just who I am. So when it comes to things like this, which is much more weightier, like, when we're talking about social justice, it's, it's hard to, you know, who are in these rooms, who's having these conversations, because we don't know. Mark Davis says he tweeted it. Where was he? Was he at home sitting on his couch tweeting it? Was, was there a room full of people? And they were like, hey, Mark, what do you think about I Can Breathe? And Mark was like, aha, that's the one. Tweet it. Like, did that, we don't know what happened. Yep. But I do know that once the, tooth, the toothpaste is out the tube and you can't put it back in, you can't, but you can clean up your mess. Clean that shit up. Get that shit out of here. Apologize. Say, hey, man, I'm sorry. Because the Black people who have had to deal with police brutality in this country, if they are uncomfortable with what I had to say, I didn't mean any harm by it. I'll take it down. That's all you had to fucking do. That's it. Word. Yeah. Like, I, again, working in social for this past year at a large company, I, I understand how this shit happens. Like, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. And I've seen in meetings, like, when we have to walk stuff back. I mean, three weeks ago, it wasn't on this level, obviously. But like, three weeks ago, one of my colleagues who works with the general social team posted, like, two chains two chains and it was supposed to be future but it was a picture of like two chains and people crushed the instagram account like oh it's not enough black people room blah 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 people who literally have worked with a espn who know how many black people are espn were like retweeting this be like yeah blah blah blah. i'm just like yo it's a mistake and then they had to walk it back and like going into those meetings and like like dude was almost like in tears like hurt i was like yo my man it's a tweet it's IG posts, like, take the L, you apologize, no more, none said, like, we're good. We're, the intent behind it wasn't malicious. But yeah. it's, it's, sometimes people don't want to walk it back. And if someone does, there's a lot of people who will never let you live it down. And it's just yeah. like, you just got to do what's right. And that all comes down to it, doing what's right. Like, I, I, to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything from Nancy Pelosi yet. Oh, Which he said George Floyd sacrificed himself. But like, I, you know, that was a, I don't know. I don't know if that was a speechwriter. I don't know if she was going off the dome. That was a, an unfortunate slip of the tongue. That, that, that should be walked back immediately. Uh, she should have heard herself say that out loud. Be like, yeah, let me rewind this back. Look, there, when you are a, you know, in the public eye, you will say things that you don't realize how bad they are till they come out of your mouth. 
right? It happens. I say it constantly on this show. (laughs) And Nancy Pelosi suggesting that George Floyd sacrificed his life. Now, if anybody saw my tweet, I tweeted the definition of sacrifice. That means you willingly put put something of yours on the line in order to make a change. George Floyd didn't go out there and say, you know what? I want to make a change. So, hey, cop, stand on my neck and kill me. That's not what happened. That is not what happened. He's not, there was no sacrifice here. And it's offensive. And I know, listen, Nancy Pelosi owes shit. She may not be on Twitter like that or social media. Yeah. Somebody in her office is. And somebody saw that and was like, ooh, Nancy, sacrifice? You sure? Hey, PR person, let's walk this one back. All, again, all you got to do, listen, not everybody's going to accept your apology. That's just the way things work. You can apologize. You can take things down. People are still going to be on your head. Yep. But in good faith, you should always still say, look, I know George Floyd didn't sacrifice. That was not the right descriptive word to use here. Right? Like, that's it. I apologize for those that I offended. I don't understand in this era of quote unquote cancel culture, why people have such a hard time just apologizing for shit. I don't get it. Just, I'm sorry. I didn't it, mean to. What? Why is it so difficult? It's the admittance of doing something wrong. And if you say nothing, it is opinion. If you say sorry, it was a fact that you messed up. You're admitting that you did something wrong. The Hulk Hogan apology is the perfect example of it. He apologized and said everything besides I am like he, he said everything besides I am sorry for saying the N word. No, because once you say that, you admit that you were wrong. He apologized for how it made people feel. He apologized for the video leaking. He apologized for everything under the sun, except directly saying that. Because then it makes it real. It makes it it no longer makes it opinion of what you did was wrong. That's crazy. And it's it's tough. That's, that's, that's the court of public opinion. And some people rather you think they are wrong than open their mouth and remove all doubt by saying, I'm sorry, and you knowing that we're wrong. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't see the harm in it. Like, I don't see the harm in it. No, wrong this- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
the time. I had to do this to my wife like three times last year when I was like, babe, I'm sorry. I was on the podcast. I just started speaking. I made a bet. I'm going to lose this bet. I told her like the day after. I'm sorry. Guess what? She don't give a damn about my apology either. But I had to say it because I was spending $80 on bottles of champagne for you. So, you know, sometimes you just got to take the L. Yeah, just take the L. That's it. I will win one of these bets sooner or later. <laughs> uh, let's hit the break when we come back. It's time to talk pro wrestling. WWE made cuts. We still haven't talked about those. We'll talk about some main roster stuff and then, of course, dive into NXT AW Impact after that. Don't go anywhere. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just that quick, we are back talking about WWE main roster. I spent a good amount of this break in the background trying to remember Apollo Crews, little sidekick dude's name. I knew it was real, like God-given name is Baba Tunde. I could not remember his new name. They've given him like four. He had some really random name when he was on Raw Underground. And now he is Captain Aziz. So I feel good now that I know old boy's uh, new wrestling name, Captain Aziz. That's not going to end up well for him in the long run. None of this is. You would think, like, this is the end of the road for him, right? Like, next year, I hope the man is still employed in, in getting checks. But it might be a wrap if this goes downhill for him. Because how do you come back from being Captain Aziz? You're not just going to be Aziz. Because if you go solo, they're just going to cut out Captain you got to be Aziz, so that's, that's not a good name. I don't know. I mean, Deacon Batista did all right. He went from a Deacon to just Batista and came back as a savage. I, I don't that's know. True. Same thing that's true. That's fair. I stand corrected. Uh, it would not have worked if he would have continued being Deacon Batista. No, absolutely So you, you are right in that instance. No, but, I mean, we, we did see this year, it, it seems to be a recurring theme, same day every year. WWE has decided to make cuts this year. I believe it was 13 um, people cut, and it's just like, all right, the locker room is crowded. I get it. There should be cuts. We, we thought, you know, hoarding talent makes no sense. Having people in catering doing nothing makes no sense. The names that they cut are what's mind boggling. I'll go down the list. I guess there's 11. Billy Kay, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Samoa Joe, Bo Dallas, 
Peyton Royce, Mojo Raleigh. All right, so I'm gonna start with this. I'm gonna start asking you a question. Who? What's the most egregious cut of all the, the names that you just mentioned? Easily Samoa Joe. I disagree. Easily Samoa Joe, and that is with my heart. You know, you know the Iconics have my heart. You know I'm a Billy K guy. You gotta be joking me. Like that's exactly what I said when they released her. Like Billy K is is legit but Samoa Joe I understand concussions like you're trying to clear him he got concussed during a commercial a dumbass commercial where you had Ricochet doing 18 flips and then freezing midair and he does commentary he's crushing it on commentary you just wait it out put him back in the ring because he's a million bucks at anything you want to do have him be like Taz in AEW where he's not behind the booth anymore but now he has a stable he can't do what MVP does. He can't do that on the on the other roster on SmackDown with some of these guys you're not using. He can't lend credibility to somebody. It's, it's ridiculous because Samoa Joe can be used in 80 million ways and they decided to cut him. So as, as y'all know, I love Samoa Joe, but he's not the most egregious to me. Um, second most because yes, you're absolutely right. Joe on commentaries, amazing injuries are an issue it's kind of the same reason why chelsea green got cut and it's just it sucks because joe was i mean the motherfucker was just standing out in the rain for wrestlemania doing commentary it was incredible yep he's been great he deserves more but joe is older right he can't move like he used to the injuries are piling up so if they of all the people if they really wanted to cut their ties it's like all right i mean i disagree with it 100 percent, but i can get it Billy Kay is the one that's most egregious to me. Here's why. They're, I remember once upon a time, Triple H, one of these guys said, hey, you may not get a lot of time on the screen, but when you get the opportunity, make sure that it's memorable. Yep. Every time Billy Kay appears on our screen, it is memorable. She's not the greatest wrestler, but she offers something to a women's division that is completely lacking in personality. Like if you really look at the women's division, there's Bianca, there's Sasha. Then things get kind of interesting. You have Asuka, and then it's like Natalia, Tamina, even Naomi you got right Bailey. now, Lana. I mean, yeah, you do, but you don't really have somebody like Billie Kay. Her comedic timing is incredible. She may not be the best wrestler, but she gives you something different to the cast of characters. And cutting her when she maximized every time she showed up on camera, she maximized her opportunity. Why can't, you know, Sonya Deville is in a, like a prime position and she's not half the, the person that Billy Kay is in terms of being on the mic. Mm-hmm. You know, Dana Brooke, she's been, they keep trying to rebrand her. Not good in ring or on the mic. But Billy Kay has something. And you broke up the iconics for this? This you have is, a this women's tag team division. There like, you go. A full division. And all you, you keep doing is pairing random women with random women and putting them together in makeshift tag teams and thinking it's going to do something with these belts, which the belts are only there at this point as a tool to break tag teams up or to have the champions feud with whoever the tag team champs are at the time to lose enough to start a feud with whoever they're going to wrestle next. It's a tool. 
is not credible in any way. It's ridiculous. And you had the women's tag team on your roster and you broke them up because you thought Peyton Royce was something. She was not what you thought. And then you cut both of them to save face. Like, I, I don't get it. It does. It doesn't make any sense. You have a women's tag division. There was use for Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. They like you could have used them. You're, they're yeah. actually needed. Great like, heel. Great heel work. Those two. Yeah, that's like even Joe. It's like you. We love Joe, but you didn't need Joe. You kind of needed Billy Kane in this spot. I don't. I don't understand this. Tucker, we knew it was over once they broke him up with over <laughs> Otis. That, that was a wrap. Yeah, we knew. For Tucky James. I'm kind of surprised at Mickey James because she's like a hand that makes people look good. Yeah, but she's and Natalia. I get it, I like guess. they already have Natalia. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I get it. But Mickey James was always, she was always good in the ring. Always good in the ring. But they cut her. Um, then it's just like, I just. Kalisto. Too many years of Lucha House I mean, Party. I am glad to see him get a chance elsewhere. I think they're all gone sooner or later. To be honest, I don't know yeah. how they didn't cut the other two. I mean, Grand Metallic is incredible. He should be doing something on the indies. Nice Dorado is great as well. Um, I, I actually liked them as a tag team. Like, showing back up in NXT was, like, really dope to me. But it seems like they've now gone back up. It might have been, like, a momentary thing. It just, none of it. Uh, okay, so, you know, Kalisto being gone, uh, Samurai Del Sol on the indies, he, he'll, be, he'll be fine, right? He'll find his footing somewhere. But we knew this was happening. I said it when they signed all this talent like three years ago on the show. They're going to have to get rid of a lot of this talent. It's just, it's some of the decisions. I thought bad. they'd get rid from the bottom. They're like yeah, chopping people I, off from the, the middle. I, I, I don't, so I don't understand. Jackson Riker <laughs> is employed in getting weekly television spots. Yeah, I, He was I, the worst listen. and racist of the... In NXT, he didn't even wrestle with the Forgotten Sons. No. He stood on the outside. He was a male valet for them. He wasn't even a manager. He was a male valet for the Forgotten Sons. They did nothing wrong. They go up to the main roster. He says some racist shit. They get cooled off, taken off TV. The other two who actually wrestle never recover and get cut. But Riker keeps his job? I don't Maybe. get it. I don't get it. I don't make the rules here. None of it makes any sense. But the WWE is just, look, as good as WrestleMania was, which was really held down by two really good main events, we still have some glaring issues on this, this roster on both sides and how they utilize talent. And then when you cut certain talent, it's, it's always weird to me when you cut talent after you break them up from a tag team. They're like doomed, right? Heavy Machinery, it's a great tag team. Otis, but Vince fell in love with Otis, separated him from Tucker. Now yep. what is Otis doing? He's a heel that has like all the charm of in Otis a tag is team. Gone. He's a heel. He's back in the tag team. He's an American. Yeah, alpha. with Chad Gable. Yep. What are we doing? Like they did the same thing with Peyton Royce. They tried to uh, pair her up with Lacey Evans, and people were like, "What? Why are we doing this? You have the iconics right there." Vince hates tag team, hates tag teams. We know that Vince just really doesn't like them. But man. What are we doing here? What are we doing? These cuts suck. I don't know where Joe ends up. I really don't. Um, I mean, depending on his health, so good. You know, like yeah, so much to depend on health. I want to see him take care of himself. I'd love to see him wrestle again, but I don't know how bad these concussions are. And I just think he's such an incredible talent. I think the bigger issue is that they never used him right when he was healthy. Like he should have had a title run 
of some sort. I mean, he squashed Mysterio because Mysterio's heard of WrestleMania. Yeah. But, you know, he was right in the midst of the feud. They had a they, another, they had a layup with Brock Lesnar. This feud make perfect sense. Joe choked Lesnar out. And then he went with his four-way match. And I'm like, what are you doing? Joe's the one wrestler that you looked at and were like, well, he's a legitimate badass who could fuck with anybody. Yep. And they just never really used him like that. It sucks how they handled Joe. It just, it really does. Him versus Rome, heel Roman would have been so good. There's so many things they could have done. But alas, the cuts are the cuts. And it's post-WrestleMania season. And as soon as WrestleMania ended and we went to Raw, I was like, oh, yeah, the product still kind of sucks. I'm shocked to not see Ricochet, Aleister Black, um, guys of that ilk on this list. It's you know, it's weird. They might have something for them. Maybe. But, I mean, that shit could change with Vince changing his draws. You know? Like, it's, they'll have something for works, you today. Right? Yep. And it could be gone by Tuesday. So, well, we'll see. We shall see which direction they go in that one. And then weekly, Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown was not memorable. Raw is atrocious. So which one should we start with first? Start with Raw. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the other one's not memorable. So why, why start with that one? So we have Raw. Let's see what sticks out to me most. Mason T-Bar, no longer have mask. Mm. Uh, they were fighting Drew Mack. They get a mask. For some reason, Braun Strowman is now with Drew McIntyre. He went from being the babyface in the Shane feud winning, and then now is helping Drew Mack against Mason T-Bar, who are unmasked. And lo and behold, it's Donovan Dijakovic. And uh, the black guy from commentary. I don't even know his <laughs> Dio Madden. Dio Madden, sure, sure. And I guess he was pretty good when he was on the Indies for a second. It's like Duntaku or whatever. So I don't want to disrespect him too much. We'll see. They look like a good tag team, to be fair. I don't I don't know what I would have gotten out of Dijak as a singles guy on the main roster anyway. So this seems like it could be a good tag team. It's like the Ascension, but better wrestlers. Better, like they look meaner. But being part of retribution probably is like the death nail. Anyway, like, how do you recover from that? They're trying to make them look good. I, I don't know how you recover from that. Got to drop so, the dumbass names. So I got two things to, on this one. One, I thought it was a rib, right? So they, they take off their mat. Well, they attack Drew. MVP cuts a promo, which is like, this is ridiculous. MVP cuts a promo and, on Drew. And then Djokovic and Dio Madden attack Drew. You know what the next match was on Raw? Here, I'll tell you. You don't have I to do not. It. Yeah. It was the War Raiders versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander in the Again. very next match. No, in the very next match, which I was like, are they just kind of rubbing it in their face that they were the tag team champions of the world in the Hurt Business? And now they're jobbing out to the War Raiders directly after their spots are taken, essentially by Dio Madden and Donovan Dijakovic. Yeah. I was like, this has to be a joke. Because imagine if you're Cedric and Shelton, because th there's no doubt about it. They're pissed. 
right? They were part of the Hurt Business. Last week wasn't even on the show this past week. The part of the Hurt Business, they were tag team champions. They seemed like they were primed to do something. They lose the titles for essentially no reason two weeks before WrestleMania. The New Day then dropped the titles to almost AJ Styles, who neither of them have been on TV. No. And here they are jobbing out to the returning War Raiders twice. That sucks. That basically says, I mean, if it's, if it's an inside joke or not, that basically says, hey, you're next on the cut list because we have nothing for you. It's over. It's so over for them. Here's the other thing. What's crazy is they have something for them. The Hurt Business was the something for them. Very that could have rolled out for like a year and a half, two years. would have been fine. Very simple. So here's the other thing. I'm watching this uh, War Raiders, Shelton Benjamin, and, and uh, Cedric Alexander match. And I'm like, oh, and they got Dijakovic. I was like, you know what? They could actually have a decent tag division. They could. I'm like, hey, look at this. They got, you know, even though AJ Styles and almost aren't like a real tag team, somebody's going to take the titles off them. But when I look at Dio Man and Dajakovic, I was like, they look like a tag team. They look like they could fuck some people up. Yep. And then I look at the War Raiders. Are they the War Raiders or the Vikings? What the fuck are they? Uh, Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders? Yes. Vikings? yes. See, I don't care. Um, but I look at them and I'm like, that's a good feud right there. Two, four pretty athletic big guys going at it for the tag titles. I can see this. Then I go, well, how quick is Vince going to give up on this shit? Because it ain't going to last long for either of these guys. The Viking Raiders had... Viking Raiders went, might last. Well, the, you remember what happened before. They had a nice little run. Then they had this stupid shit with the Street Profits. Yeah. I mean, really Vince seems don't. to like... Vince thinks the stupid shit is funny. So if you do the stupid shit for him, you probably ingratiate yourself to him. Well, you know what what really happens, though, is like whoever does it funnier gets the solo run and the other one gets broken up from the tag team and then both of them flounder. Yeah, but I, I don't see what, them being. I, I see them sticking. And to me, Vince, Vince can put his finger on the War Raiders gimmick or the Viking Raiders gimmick, right? Like as soon as he turned them into Vikings, he now knows what that is. Like Does he's he? had, he's had, yeah, he's had Wild Samoans, he's had Bushwhackers. He can do stereotypes and comic-y shit a lot. Oh, Viking, oh, you guys go to medieval festivals? So I'm giving you a giant turkey leg. Like, Vince understands stereotypes very well. So I, I think he can, he can rock with them. Them, I think, as safe as any team is from splitting, there's, there's no Sean and Janetti in that one. They are. No, 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 no. There's no Sean and Janetti, but there was no Sean and Janetti with Otis and Tucker either. It's oh, just Otis, on, Otis. Otis was always the Sean. Like, Otis did the worm. Otis had the, the belly. He had the, the growl and the stakes and, and weights shit. Like, Otis was clearly the Sean to Tucker's Janetti. Well, what I'm saying is, they, like, there was never any reason to break them up. With the Rockers, it was clear that Shawn Michaels was a star. Otis was a comedy act. Yeah. Sean was a star. And with the, you know, when you break up tag teams and you think that you have something that's more novelty than it is talent, they're both doomed to fail. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Viking Raiders, uh, they can't be broken up. They could. You never know with Vince. He breaks up anybody. He yeah, I mean, shit. you could just split them during the draft and they end up yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. You just move them on. Like, I mean, you they split up Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Come yeah, on, man. How, what's more egregious than that? Yeah. So, but I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, they could have a decent tag division. But, you know, we'll see how that They lasts. thought Peyton Royce was the Sean. Oof. So, <laughs> the, the other thing that stuck out to me on Raw, 
with Charlotte Flair for all the wrong reasons. Really? I I hated her promo. Oh, I yeah, hated the promo it. wasn't great. But the reason why I hated it wasn't because she was necessarily bad. It was, oh, we're turning her heel again? Isn't this what she should have been a long time ago? Like, you, this whole babyface thing with Lacey Evans didn't work. Then now she's mad at Rhea Ripley and Asuka, and she's cutting these promos. But then it made me realize something. Charlotte Flair is Triple H. <laughs> she is. Because I can't argue that. She's more Triple H than she is Ric Flair. Like, she's Triple H. And here's what I mean. When Charlotte comes into the picture, she cannibalizes the scene. Nobody ever looks good against her. Nobody. Think about this. Because even if you win, she's going to get her win back. Yeah. It happens every time. I'm thinking about this promo as she's cutting and Asuka comes out. Asuka's trying to talk and she's like, stop, I'm talking, I'm talking. And I'm like, what a way to minimalize the former women's champ, right? Because she has to get her shit in. And that's what I feel like is her matches. I got to get my shit in. She never makes anybody look good. She's a talented wrestler. And I'm not going to completely blame this on Charlotte, even though she might have something to do with it. But I'm going to say that they... Every time she shows up, somebody has to go down in order for her to go up. It's not like, and that's why I always talk about Bret Hart. When Bret Hart used to wrestle, he made you look good. Yeah. When Sasha Banks wrestles, she makes whoever she's in the ring look fantastic. Charlotte doesn't do that. She dominates the entire scene. It's like the Triple H reign of terror. Nobody ever came out of a feud with Triple H like much better. Only time, and it's very similar to Charlotte, that it happens is if you are in the crew. Yeah, like, like she, she can make a fellow horsewoman look better. But she did it with she, Becky. She didn't really do it with Becky though. I mean, Think Becky and Ronda was a lot of it, right? But, but like, but, she no that that ladder match with her and Becky. Right after Becky became the man, and she needed to, she was bleeding and all that stuff, and they they wanted that intermediate before they could really put her and Ronda together. It was a lot of her and Charlotte. And then Asuka won the ladder match when they she went up and she got the belt and it kept everyone strong. And But a lot of that feud was Charlotte and Becky, which is what then led to Charlotte being in Mania. So, I mean, she helped Becky through that feud. Let me explain to you why. Credibility. Let me explain to you why you're wrong. Here's why. That The last man standing match was a good match, right? Yes. Becky won. But you remember what was supposed to happen? Becky was supposed to turn heel. It would have been over if the crowd rejected it. Like, like they rejected her heel turn. Yeah. They were so happy that she turned on Charlotte. This was in this was against the plan. It wasn't like the plan was to go in there and make Becky the hottest superstar on the roster. This kind of happened by accident. Because she, you remember, she beats Charlotte. She turns on Charlotte. She cuts a heel promo, and the crowd is not having it. No, she they, tried to say how like how the crowd mistreats her and no one believes it or no one cares. So, Everyone's so just this, so happy to see her get some shots. So this wasn't about Charlotte making Becky look better. It was the fact that the fans had had enough of Charlotte to the point where when Becky turned on her, they were like, oh, we're not booing her. That like, no, Becky deserves the shine because she's been put to the back for so long. Now she's got the opportunity because... If it happens the way in Vince's mind or Charlotte's mind, if, if that's how they wanted it to happen, if there were no fans there, Becky would have been a heel and just would have been another Charlotte victim. Hmm. 
Babyface Charlotte is whack too. Babyface Charlotte is awful. Like the worstest. Which is but, why I didn't mind the promo this week and her throwing the tantrum because he'll show but, but, but what I'm saying is you brought her back as a babyface for really no reason. You brought her back as a babyface to eat up Asuka. This is exactly what you did. She tagged with Asuka, and everybody knew, all right, well, Charlotte's going to go try to get her title back from Asuka. She's going to turn on her. She's going to do something to, you know, to make herself look better. And then whatever happens, and she doesn't end up at WrestleMania, and now Rhea's in the picture. Because if Charlotte was at WrestleMania, is there any doubt that she would have beat Asuka? Would Rhea even be at WrestleMania? No. Rhea would not. I mean, we all know the answer to that. So this this is what I'm saying. Charlotte comes in and eats up the entire scene. Nobody really gets the shine except for Charlotte. Whether it's by design, whether it's by... Like, again, think about this. How many classic matches has Charlotte had? Because you know what a classic match is. There's some back and forth here. How many classic matches has he had? Compared to Sasha. Two? Two? Where? Yeah, last woman standing. You call it? You think it's a classic match? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, thought the, I thought it was really I good. I don't think it's a classic. I'll give her that. I might be generous, so I can be talked down. Um, maybe three. Then Sasha on Raw, when Sasha puts her in the bank statement against the rail to win the title, it was like false count anywhere. That's two. It's one of Sasha's best matches. And Helen Cell, which she was the first, her and Sasha which if it wasn't for a table being miraculously strong and Sasha being miraculously light would have been one hell of a finish to that match. But I still say kudos to them. First women in Hell in a Cell, give her those three. Those three and a match I like, it's not classic, but a match I like more than a lot of people was the four horsewomen fatal four-way in NXT for the title where uh, I believe Becky took it off Charlotte, but Becky pinned... Oh, no, excuse me. Um, It wasn't Becky. Mm-mm. Sasha won that? Mm-hmm. Sasha won it, but she pinned Becky and kept Charlotte strong on some wild shit. But that was the the, the four-way, and it was Becky, Sasha, Bailey. So, the, so, so three of the matches so. that you mentioned have Sasha. Yes. I mean, Sasha's in a lot of people's best mm-hmm. matches. Okay. Yep. And, and Sasha, when we talk about Sasha Banks... Sasha's had bangers with Asuka, Ronda, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky. Damn, she has Ronda's best match too. Yeah. Yeah. Sasha makes who win or lose. Like when, when I say classic matches, the only woman who has classic matches is Sasha. And Bailey. Mm-mm. Bailey's classics are with Sasha. You can't say Sasha Bailey doesn't have one. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, it's Sasha. It is Sa- when Bailey wrestles Charlotte. We don't remember that shit. No, that's not the greatest of matches. Sasha's the common denominator in all these things. Now, Oscar may be the one of the most talented. You still have Io Shirai. You have other people, but Charlotte doesn't really. She's she's a good athlete, but there's these matches like like drama, and if if it ain't Sasha. What is, she, what is she really doing? You mentioned that fatal four-way. Oh, well, there, Sasha was there, too. You mentioned the last woman standing match. Well, pretty good match. Yeah, I don't think it was a classic. It was a pretty good match. But for Sasha to be eating up the scene the way that she does and, and like, pushing people down, like Asuka, and, and, you know, when, when her and Sasha had so many flips of the title, it was, like, it was getting ridiculous. It was crazy. Sasha dropped it every three days. 
Right. And like, even when Bailey beat Charlotte at WrestleMania, which I totally forgot until I binge watched WrestleMania, it was really like the Charlotte show. And when you talk about this Becky and Ronda feud, Charlotte got put into that feud. It wasn't really her feud. She just kind of showed up and was like, ah, you know, you know, I felt like the ring general thing, but in terms of the rivalry, it was Becky and Ronda. It, Charlotte wasn't a part of that equation. So how good is Charlotte really? She's not bad. No, she's not bad. She's talented. She's, yeah. I mean, she's good. She's not Sasha, but that doesn't make her not good. Like, she's not Sasha. She, not Sasha. She's not Asuka. She's not Io. She's not, she's not Io. She's, she's not. She's, she's be- good. She's, she's better than Becky. She might be better than your Triple H comparison. Like, I don't know. I don't she's know. She's not. I mean, was Trips ever fourth best wrestler in the company? I mean, you know, the, the talent, the roster is deep, but he was always at the top. He was okay. Always booking aside, booking aside, talent, like performer, booking aside, how I they mean, book her. She's fourth in the company in terms of women wrestlers. Like, that's pretty damn good. I mean, maybe she's fourth. Right now, Oscar, I Io, would, Sasha, Charlotte. I mean, then we can continue on the list. But you know, I mean, but we have to see other people. Like obviously, you got, you, I mean, Kari Singh. You know, now that she's gone, she never got her opportunity. Um, Bianca Belair is a champ now. Yeah, she's I, good, but she don't got matches like Charlotte got matches. Like I mean, Charlotte been here longer, even like, in I, ring. Yeah, but I mean, hey, listen, Bianca has arguably is with Sasha the best match we've seen on the women's roster ever. It was great. It's not Sasha Bailey. Sasha okay. Bailey's the best match I've ever seen on the roster. Best know. match ever. Sasha got a lot of the spots Sasha did in this. Sasha did in that match, but better. The stomping on Bailey's wrist after it was broken and stomping on it while Bailey's trying to reach for the rope is incredible storytelling. All, all I'm saying incredible. is incredible. All I'm saying is, do you, like, do you give Sasha Bianca five stars? Do you? Yeah, yeah, I, I would easily okay. give that match five. Okay, star. okay. Even cool, though I think cool. it got four and a half, like officially. I haven't even looked at it. Also great. But okay, yeah. you give it five stars. Yeah, yeah. He blocks me, so fucking. There is no Charlotte match that has five stars. No, no. Charlotte's, my... Charlotte's matches with Sasha were not as good as, as Sasha's matches with Bianca or Bailey or Asuka. It's as good as her match with Asuka, even though her match with Asuka is really good. But again, that false count anywhere match where. Sasha finally wins the belt on Monday Night Raw was incredible. I think that was the first women's headlining Monday Night Raw match or whatever, and they went nuts. They went nuts, but go watch the match again. I promise you. I'll watch it again. I got to find out what episode of Raw. I'll watch it again. It got to be on YouTube. I'm just telling you, that I shit promise was good. you. It, it's not as good as Sasha's matches with the names I just mentioned. With Asuka? I got to watch. I'll, I'll watch that match and the Asuka match back to back. So, so my point is, because we spend a lot of time on this topic is that Charlotte cuts this promo. Now she's heel again. And it's like, it just feels like, all right, are you, are you really going to put Rhea Ripley over? Cause clearly it's over for Oscar. Cause that was the plan the entire time to get this title off Oscar and move on. Hopefully the plan here is like, listen, man, you got to put Rhea Ripley over. You have to like, you took the title from her at NXT. Why, why, why are we booking this stuff? It doesn't make any sense. That's, that's the main thing that stuck out to me. Raw. I don't care. 
about this Drew Mack thing. Sheamus comes back, whatever. Then we had Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, that's it was an odd pivot to that, but I think there's something there. They have some good chemistry in the ring. I'm just uh, saying, I don't care. It's so such a weird thing. You went from the fiend, and then you kind of like you spent all that time feuding with the fiend. All yeah. that time feuding with the fiend. And then it's just like, all right, well. You know, he I don't know where the fiend is going. Alexa Bliss seems to be going off on a solo path where she's going to win the title soon because they love this fucking Lily angled or whatever. I don't know where this leaves the fiend. I, dude, he might have been sacrificed for Bliss. Raw is bad. Yeah, it's nonsensical. Like, nothing makes sense with it. Like, Randy Orton versus um, Matt Riddle would have felt really good if Riddle was still champion. Would have yeah, been a great I mean, feud. These two losers, I mean, well, yeah. one loser, it's like, hey, what are we doing? Yeah, like, it, it makes, no, but then Orton has to lose, and Riddle has to miraculously win, so Orton feels like a loser. It's like yeah. they don't build anyone strong. It's like, yo, we're going to weaken someone all the time. Not a, Raw is bad. Raw is bad. Sheamus came back this week and beat up Open Carrillo. What the, yeah. what? We haven't seen Carrillo in God knows how long. What are, what are we doing? He's back to the Newsies outfit. I... We again, we haven't seen styles at all, and then we had um, the new day against Riker and Elias. Like, what, what, what? They were just tag team champions. Why is this feud even happening? It was a solo match or whatever. Shout out to Xavier Woods playing the bass, though. I mean, look, that was great. He played the Stone Cold theme song, and then (laughs) randomly mid match, they started doing Stone Cold moves. I love it. It just feels like. You guys, if you sense this, let me know. It feels like the New Day are just doing things now. It's like they're not being booked to do anything necessarily special. They're a safe place to put the tag titles on them. But it seems like when you see Woods and Kofi, they're like Woods is like, I'm going to play this bass, and then I'm going to come out here. I don't give a shit how this match ends. I'm going to play this bass. It just doesn't feel like there's anything to any of this right now. It's The whole show is just nothing. WrestleMania Backlash is around the corner, and I could care less about anything that's going on there is not a single feud on raw that i'm like i'm into that i don't care that's not how wrestlemania the raw after wrestlemania is supposed to be supposed to have comebacks and a big feud i've got nothing yeah nothing at all like if again if this is the series opener though i i get it but it doesn't even feel like they're building towards anything i have I don't, I don't get it. I can't make sense of it. Raw is bad. Raw is arguably the worst three hours of television you can watch. And I watched yeah. Temptation Island, like, <laughs> for fun. And Raw is the worst three hours you can probably watch. It's, it's not good. And then we have SmackDown, which isn't bad. It's also not good. Uh, this week wasn't memorable, but they have potential to be good. They're doing a reset that I have a a belief in the reset. Like, okay, cool. Um, Why Cesaro and Seth Rollins still going on? I don't know. But Pat McAfee is on the commentary. Um, Cesaro, I thought, which I really liked. I mentioned this going into WrestleMania, which is why I wanted him to win. Because it seems like you're getting him into a feud with Roman Reigns. I think that's a great feud for Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And a big up for Cesaro. Why Seth had to be inserted, I'll never know. Nobody knows. But like for them to fight again at Backlash, 
and then Cesaro goes against Reigns? Dog, here, okay. here, here's the baffling part about SmackDown. Where's Edge and Daniel Bryan? Oh, they just bounced. Where's Where's he? He hasn't been on. No. He got, I don't know, crushed in the yeah. drum match. A lot of people on both sides, actually. I mean, we don't have the tag team champs for Raw there. Um, I don't I don't know why some of the roster is just blatantly missing. Hopefully everyone is healthy. Um, I, I don't know I mean, why. It seems like they are, but then it's like, all right, continuing. Yeah. You have, uh, let's see. Then you do. But Cesaro J. Uso was a pretty good match. It was, but Cesaro is amazing, right? But you yeah. have this, the Street Profits against the Dirty Dogs or whatever. And you feel like, well, the Street Profits could probably win this. Because they, yeah. they mentioned on, on the show, they're like, they haven't had a a rematch in three months. And I was like, really? They dropped the titles for really no reason. Didn't get their spot at WrestleMania. So they're going to win the titles back here. No, they're not. They're just going to lose. Especially after the week before they come out. Well, the week of, they come out with Bianca and Bianca's like, we got to get our titles. And then they do all this and they still lose. And I'm like, what happened? Street Profits were hot. Cooled them off real quick. Otis loses to Rey Mysterio. Why? I don't don't know. know. American Alpha 2.0 might be a wrap. Yeah, of course it is. Um, you know, Roman Reigns just is staring at things. Still the champ. Just kind of looking. Um, Natalia beats Shayna Baszler, and it looks like we're going towards the breakup. What are we doing? Baszler and Jax. That's all the tag team titles do is break people up. I can't. Look, again, Shayna Baszler, somebody who has improved immensely. I did not like her work in NXT early on in her title run. But she's improved immensely, and she offers a different dynamic. Why the fuck is she losing to Natalia? And her characters really come through. Yeah, well, why is she losing to Natalia? I, I can't call that? it. Do you remember that time that Shayna Baszler appeared? Not the not the vampire, because that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, not the vampire. But she wins Elimination Chamber by nerfing everybody. Every single person ran the table, and they've done nothing with her since. She lo- no. loses the Becky at WrestleMania. They throw in a tag team with Nia Jax, which seems destined to fail. They keep them in this tag team, and then Shane is now losing to Natalia. Look, Natalia is a good. They made some good stuff out of that tag team, though. They were. If you if you call it good, I'm I'm just saying that their tag team division is trash. Shayna Baszler deserves a run at something. Yeah, I mean they could. She's a perfect foil for Bianca. There's so much that they could do here, and they just not doing it. I do not know. And then um, the last one, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I like them running it back. The problem with the WrestleMania build that was three weeks, like, damn, they're not doing anything with Kevin. It's like, this should be longer. I don't stretch this out for the summer. I want, it'd be great to have a title inserted in this, like an IC title or something. But I mean, Apollo has it, so whatever. Oh, so yeah, and Apollo's promo, like the Nigerian accent, you can tell it's wearing thin on him. He's yeah. barely getting by on this shit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It slips quite often now. I want to make one more words point. they give him. It's, it's not before, good. Before we go to break and talk AEW and NXT, I want to make one last point here. WrestleMania's two best matches. WrestleMania week end. NXT, WrestleMania. What were the two best matches on all those shows? Sasha. Mm-hmm. Bianca. Sasha hasn't been back on TV either. No. Um, well, yeah, yes, she was. She cut a promo and you know, she did a backstage interview. But anyway. Oh, okay. Shit, I didn't even see that. Sasha um, and Bianca and... Sasha and Bianca and... The main event on Sunday. Yeah. Think Men's title this. match. Think about this for a minute. 
Raw and SmackDown suck weekly. NXT is known as the so-called wrestling show. Yeah. The two best matches of WrestleMania weekend are the title matches, the main events on from Raw. Well, from both from SmackDown, right? This makes me curious because it's like you guys can do this all the time and have really good matches. Oh yeah. You have the talent. The fact that the two best matches of the weekend were from your main quote unquote main roster and not NXT because NXT is usually we go and we're like NXT is going to have the best match of the weekend. It's like, we always think that it didn't happen. The two best matches were on, were on WrestleMania in both main events. There is no excuse for them to continue to fuck up. It's almost a slap in the face that you can give us this at WrestleMania and then you can go back to the bullshit directly after. I don't understand. Because weekly television is still where they struggle. They have a roster now, especially as their fat keeps getting trimmed, of actual wrestlers. They got a ton of talent. They, they don't have Rybacks in the house no more. Like They, they don't have um, these, these guys who are just promo-type guys. I'd venture to say almost Everyone in that locker room, a handful, five people aside, can wrestle now. Like, have legit joints on their resume. And so when you give them time, they are going to wrestle. They don't get the time. I, I just, I was thinking about that. I was just thinking about WrestleMania. I was like, wow, the best yeah. matches were at WrestleMania. Never happens like that, really. No, just give me backstage promos and give me people wrestling in the ring. That's all you got to do for the five hours of television. Give me matches. Even if it's not against the people they're feuding with, that's fine. Give me Cesaro versus Jey Uso because his feud is with Roman Reigns. Give me Owens versus, or give me Sami Zayn versus Nakamura when he's feuding with Owens. Or give me Owens versus Apollo. Even though Owens isn't yet feuding for that title, like, Mix it up. Just give me good matches and then have them cut backstage promos to fuel their feuds. That's the old school way. WWE wasn't this shit in the 90s. Late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s. And they didn't have nearly the talent to roster yet. No, but they, they wrestled. I don't know when they went to this dialogue heavy oh, oh, driven oh. turn. No, no, no. Attitude Era was very dialogue heavy. And they didn't have like half of the quality matches that they could have now. Like, and it wasn't the, great. No, but the point Looking is back on it, like it was the highs were high. A lot of those weekly events, like God, this is this but, is hard to get through. But the point is, is that the stories were actually good, and like not every story hit on Attitude Era. But if one thing that Vince Russo did more better than a lot of people is he made you care about the mid card. Yeah. The mid card was actually they had great stories. The mid card now is nothing they have stopped paying attention to the mid card and giving them intriguing stories nice builds to just have feuds just have good feuds they don't do it anymore so yeah that's i, I just know. want to point that didn't out. they just hire a new head of wrestling or new head of writing Man, that cares? was like from t again you're you're hiring people who cares yeah you're hiring people from tv people who don't know wrestling shit gets complicated you're it's it's overly complicated when it's a simple science and they can't do simple. Um, let's head to the break so we can come back, briefly touch on NXT, AW, and then preview this Impact show before we get out of here. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're in the home stretch. We're going to start this off with NXT. It's a natural transition. Go from WWE main roster to NXT. Not too much to talk about this week. Kyle O'Reilly made his comeback. I'm not sure about the Kyle O'Reilly clothes. Is it, is like, it me? Like it's like it's weird to me. He does an air guitar, but has no belt. And the new music's growing on me. All right, cool. But it looks like Kyle O'Reilly is getting his shot to, you know, stick at the top of the roster where place where a lot of people think he should be in the main event scene. And him and Cross have like a little stare down. It looks like that might be carrying Cross's first title defense. Could be another loss for KOR in the long run for the title. I think it produced a good match. Their styles match um, in the ring, but we shall see. Carry across, decent promo in the ring. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, it's weird. He's not heel enough for me. No, he's not. Nice. Like, he's still, like, he's kind of a tweener, baby face. Like, I, I, I need him to be more heel. I'm sorry. I, don't, I can't do this in order because when you mentioned that, it made me think of something really quick. Um, the cross promo was weird because it was like fans were cheering him. Why are the fans booing MSK? I don't know. They booed MSK like during the match th- two weeks ago. And yeah, I can't, this, I don't. They did it again this week. I don't know. Are they being directed to boo MSK? Like MSK on heels. I, I, dog, I, I can't know. figure it out. Like I was just looking at, I was watching and I was like, they're booing them. Why? Is it a random joke? Like a joke I, I'm not, I don't know. You know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like there's some weird things going on in NXT. One of the weird things that's going on in NXT is Kushida wins the Cruiserweight title. And they take the dungarees off of them and make him wrestle barefoot in some tidy, you know, some small shorts. What are we doing? No, they did that before he won the title. He showed up to his saying. title appearance like that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, now he just looks like a guy. I like yeah. dungaree Kushida. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. He won. It was a good match to win the belt, though. But, yeah. I mean, I, he won the belt. Well, he beat only Lorcan this week. And I was just like, all right. He's like, maybe they guy. think he looks more like a, quote, unquote, cruiserweight. I don't understand. But then the Santos Dungarees. Escobar comes out. Santos Escobar comes out. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I thought we took this title off of him to put him in a main picture. No, nope, yeah. guess not. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Santos Escobar, Kushida, I have no idea. But with NXT, one thing we can always say about them is that when they end a takeover, they really start clean. So this is the yeah. beginning of something. Like it's when they start clean, they start clean. So, all right, I get it. We have Dexter Loomis, LA Knights, going back and forth again. Um, I don't know. It's a cool little feud. Dexter Loomis is growing on me. Gave character some depth. Um, I, I like him in the in the love angle and all that stuff. I thought it was funny. 
Uh, I mean, the Indy Hartwell stuff is cool. I, yeah, I, him and Indy. I, I think that that works really well. Index is a great name for a couple. Uh, that's genius. So I like to see where it's going. And I just want the next feud for Gargano. Like the way is cool, but I think it might be time to break out, break up the way because it's done what it was supposed to do. Indy has a character now. She's into a program. She feels like more than just another random woman. And now it's time to do the same on the other end. And, you know, Austin Theory has to be Austin Theory. They, they signed him to be one of the guys going forward. So you break them up. And I want to see Theory Gargano being built into the next few. Yeah, we got we got to move Theory away from being this goof. Uh, so another random aside. I started watching, I never watched the wrestlers on Vice, right? After Dark Side of the Rain, they had the wrestler series. Yep. And I didn't watch it until recently. And I just watched the MVP episode yesterday. The MVP episode starts and you have MVP. And then they go to the Indies where they have Sammy Callahan, Keith Lee, Riddle. You have uh, Swerve. Like I'm looking at what Evolve was. It's not just the MVP episode, the episode before that where they talk about Evolve and Gabe Sapolsky it's talking up Austin Theory when Austin Theory was still like 20. Yep. And um, I mean, he's only like uh, 22 now or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's only a couple of years ago, but I'm looking at the roster, right? Um, and I was like, oh my God. Evolve was so loaded. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we saw him in the, in the barbecue hut. That's yeah. still one of the best cards I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Dude, that's when they, Drew Mack was with them back with them for a second. Yes, he's there. They had yeah. dude, Gabe Sapolsky has this whole segment about Darby Allen. Yep. Right? Darby. They had the villain who we can no longer mention, I guess. But Marty was there. Like they they were stacked. But if if you watch Zach this, Jr. If you watch this episode of The Wrestlers, if you have Hulu, you, it's there. And I'm oh. sitting here watching this MVP because they're talking about MVP is like, I'm gonna retire in like a year. Now he's in in WWE. Yeah, doing his thing, but it made me think of something because I was like, "Look at all these guys, like Austin Theory." A, a lot of them were signed to WWE, and a lot of them are not doing anything. I mean, they're there. Keith Lee is there. I mean, he's injured. Hopefully, they bring him back to a much better capacity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have I, faith in that. A lot of those guys became NXT champions, so I can't say they didn't do anything. Mm, no, I'm just uh, the names that I mentioned. Austin Theory hasn't done that. Uh, he's 23. <laughs> like, he's so in a major how, program. He's been on TV. Randy Orton was 21. That's that's fair, but I mean that's the guy guy's a legacy. He's he's the okay. outlier more than the, the traditional norm. But with Austin Theory, it's like yeah, he's been on TV for a year straight. So they're not well, doing what I'm right. saying. What I'm saying is, you look at all this talent that Evolve had. You look at yeah. Matt Riddle. You look at Keith Lee. You look at, like, they had Sammy Callahan for a second. Sammy just didn't fit what NXT was. Yeah. But you look at all those guys. Obviously, Drew broke through. But they signed all of that talent. And then I'm looking, I'm like, and then there's Darby Allen. Darby Allen's got a bigger spot than just about all of them in AEW. That's so That's Dude. Yes, it is? Come on, no, man. Keith Lee was champ champ. No, like... Just because he's hurt I'm now, talking about, Keith I'm, Lee was dude, in the Royal dude, Rumble face to face with Brock. Dude. No, Darby is not. Dude, dude, at what all. Was Keith Lee doing the main roster. He beat Randy Orton, and then what happened? 
then he was in a program with the champ for like two months and, and then lost, got hurt. Right, right. No, yeah, no, he lost, he, he he lost, lost right him. before the Rumble and then got hurt. And Were you never seen like again. he had the ring attire issue? What I'm saying is Darby Allen is being pushed like a star. Darby Allen's the star of the mid card, which is great, and he is. And he should be pushed like a star. And I'm not going to downgrade Darby Allen by no means. Like, yes, he's young. He's being pushed as a star. But that doesn't mean that, like, everyone else hasn't had that same opportunity. Like, that shit is Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne just did all of what Darby Allen's doing. That guy's a fucking star. No, he has. So, what are you talking about? I'm talking about on TV. I'm talking about on the main roster. Like, Raw and SmackDown. It's different because AEW isn't NXT. It's not WWE. You can't just be like main roster AEW. KO? No, NXT and AEW are, are more similar. It's just one company instead KO? of it being KO? under another company. Kel, my point oh. is, is that Raw and SmackDown signed all this talent and continue to use the same old fucks. Yes, but all these guys ran through NXT hot as fuck. So they've done stuff. Kel, they aren't doing, they could be, they should still be in NXT then. My point is, is that when you have this talent, as loaded as these rosters are, and you still have Randy Orton in prime spots, you still have Sheamus as there. But you didn't mention that. You compared them to Darby Allen. Yes, and I'm telling you, they've done nothing. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, on the main roster, Riddle won the title, he's dropped it, right? Keith Lee beat Randy Orton, didn't do much of anything. They kept changing his ring of You're time. negating his I don't entire time about, in WWE. I, I don't so care you're about acting NXT. like you just signed him and went to that. So that's your problem that you don't care about NXT then. It no. really is, because they're pumping out five-star matches. That's like you saying Kel. Johnny Gargano has done nothing since Kel. he left Evo. Johnny Kel. Gargano has done nothing? Just tell Kel. me Johnny Gargano Kel. has done nothing. Kel, I'm talking about Raw and SmackDown right now. But why, when you're negating a huge part of what they've done since they left Evolve? Has Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano done nothing when he left Evolve? Because i on Vincent Kennedy McMahon and not Triple H. Put it on the talent. No, no, no. Why am I you're, you're discrediting the talent? the talent of what they've accomplished. I'm not discrediting left- the talent. I'm saying they're being misused on Raw and SmackDown. That's all I'm telling you right they now. They got there six months ago. What they do for the two years beforehand. I'm talking about Darby Allen just got to AEW last year. Okay. And all these guys just had a monster run in NXT. I'm just because you don't about, care about it doesn't mean that it doesn't what exist. But you're not listening to me. I'm saying Vince McMahon, when he gets a hold of all, they signed all this talent yes. under Vince McMahon's thumb. Sure. And NXT was great because Vince McMahon didn't have his fingerprints on it. Correct. Once they got to Raw and SmackDown, they're not doing anything. Correct. And it, like the NXT is great. We all know this. The NXT is fantastic. It's not what it once was ever since it landed on TV, but it's still a good product. TV okay. hasn't been great weekly. Takeover is not as good as it once was, but it's still a good product. But when I looked at all these names, when I looked at all these people and I was like, damn, they got Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was a can't miss guy. Keith Lee was a can't miss guy. And then they, they kind of missed. wasted. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see about Darby. We'll see about everyone who's There's been nothing in the to company. Darby. That... Darby's been the TNT champion. He went over the on The company's Cody. a year and a half old. Who knows? What I'm telling you is that you have guys. Who and have Keith followings. Lee went over on everyone and had double Oh my belts. God, Kel, you're missing the point. Darby Allen went over on AEW's biggest star. <laughs> Say what you want. That show was popping star the was jobbing in the WWE main roster. Just to credit the whole main roster. Because that's let's just eliminate that. Kel, 
Who's the, who's the guy at, at like? Can we admit Cody's a bigger star in AEW, right? Of course. And did they use he him right? Been, he would have been as big a star if he would have went down to NXT instead of AEW and did the same. Yeah, I, I think I think Cody and NXT, this Cody and NXT would have worked mm-mm, perfectly. Mm-mm. I think so. No, no, it took Cody leaving. Which is fair, and that's hypothetical, but he went to ROH, and he was a star everywhere else he went outside yes. of the main roster. It took so, yes, him Cody leave. is a star. It took him leave. What I'm saying is the AEW doesn't have a problem putting a guy who has a following over because they respect the following they had in the indies. Raw and SmackDown doesn't respect the following these guys had in the indies. That's fair. They don't respect the following they had in NXT. No, but but the, <laughs> like, the, the reason they had a following in NXT was because of the indies. Indies, yeah. No, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. But they don't even respect it when it's under their nose right there. But this, They're that's damn my sure I don't point. care about the indies. My point is, I watched this show. Darby Allen, Gabe Sapolsky's just talking about how crazy and Darby Allen's this, this, and this. Darby Allen shows up, AEW's like, we're just going to push him. And they push him. And they, it's not like he's small, but he does crazy shit, but they push him. But when I watched it, Darby Allen was the biggest star there. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, they were stars. And Matt Riddle's being misused. Like they showed Swerve and Ricochet segment. And I'm like, where the fuck is Ricochet? These guys were had strong, like they're, they're yelling Swerve's out. Now we haven't seen what's going to happen to Swerve, but we could tell Swerve ain't getting that kind of push. They said Darby's one guy. Like they tried to what 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 AEW does better than the main roster right now is they take their indie following and they respect it. WWE tries to make them theirs, their yeah. product. I I agree. If WWE didn't have NXT, I would wholeheartedly agree with this take. But you cannot just conveniently discredit NXT when it fits your argument. Yes, I can. Other times because I'm talking about this man. I'm not talking about Triple H. It's a third brand or it is part of WWE. Like it just I'm talking fits your argument to discredit them in this conversation. That's, my point is I'm talking about how the brands are treated by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's it. I'm talking about how he treats indie wrestlers who have made a name elsewhere and they come and he tries to rebrand them as something else. Yeah, I don't agreed, but I'm not going to eliminate the two years in and under the WWE umbrella in NXT where they were treated correctly. So, I mean, I count that. You, you don't got to count that. You, want. <laughs> you, you count what you count. want because what, what happens? What leads to their like Robert Roode? This is what this is how they end up getting released is by moving from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I, I'd fight tooth and nail to stay. Like I'd be Gar- Gargano. Like it, it is what it is. I just can't understand the the, the all this talent is coming. Out. They're not doing like, but they're just it's it's like a, you go there, you get paid handsomely once you get to Raw or SmackDown because you don't get paid as much in NXT. No, you get paid far happy. more in Raw or SmackDown. So you get there and you're like, cool. And then you realize you're not being used. Like, think about this. How many short shots have they just completely missed? Like, I had this conversation with somebody the other day about Rusev. I was like, yo, do do y'all realize how over Rusev Day was? And they just refused to pull the trigger. Yeah. Vince just, "Mm, nope. You hit the nail on the head that there's only so many spots in any company. Yeah, but stop. At the mid card. And they refuse to change the spots at the top. Just move those old fucks out the way. 
No, it's instead they move people out of the way and bring in more old fucks like Goldberg. Like, like this, it's, there are uh, spots there, but they will not recycle the spots. Wait, I, I will take back this iteration of Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre are recycling those spots, right? Like Bobby Lashley, it's mind boggling to think, but that's a recycling of a top spot or it, it's a refreshing of a top spot. They never gave him the chance before. So they're doing it. But it might be too little, too late. It's, it's a lot of things that have flounder. Now, anyway, with NXT, it's like, you're right, because, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, yeah, he's getting his nice little run. And Adam Cole, fantastic. Johnny Gargano, there is no doubt in anybody's mind Johnny Gargano hits Raw SmackDown. It's over. Yeah, yeah, no. This don't know what to do with that. No, he's a lifer. This <laughs> don't know what to do with that. Like, they they just – NXT is in a in – a, it feels like a spot where you have a minor league team – and they keep calling up all your first basemen, and then like like we'll use the Yankees. The Yankees call up all these first basemen, and now it's like, well, you got like seven first basemen. They can't all play at the same time. So why don't you send them back to the minors? Let them get some work in. Guys aren't even on TV. Ricochet's yeah. not on TV. That's criminal. Ridiculous. Um, you threw me off. I wanted to talk about something else from NXT, and I can't remember it. Oh, my boy showed up this week. Yeah, they got squashed, but I don't care. They're on TV. Ever-rise? Ever-rise, baby. It's it's happening. I feel a slow boil with that. But uh, Ever-rise. They they feel like just jobbers, man. No, everyone starts a driver. Yes, once they allow them to start cutting promos, let's be patient. They're going to – those my guys right there. It's okay. They could be just around for a second, but they'll they'll build it up. And then – Imperium's got a major push in NXT. See what that Very turns. Weird, because I could care less about Imperium outside of Walter. Yeah, unless they... I really wanted to see, almost said Demo, but Killian Dane versus Walter. So it seems like maybe we're creeping that way. I mean, we just got to... This sounds bad, but we got to get him away from Drake Maverick. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 taking the edge off of Killian Dane. If you yeah. want him, to, if you want him to feud with Walter, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like that's like Walter, and this is one thing Drake Maverick. I mean, the man's good at what he does, right? Like as a character, he's really good. I think Walter like will just hold him hostage, chop the shit out of him, and like really like kayfabe hurt him, and that gives Killian Dane the edge. So I think we're building there. I, I like this setup. I like the setup to get there. Um, Tony Storm comes back. I didn't get that too much. It's a little bit of crowded picture in the women's division. And that's pretty much it. I mean, everything started from, you know, the, the ground and building back up. So we don't know the feud yet. We don't, I don't even know when the next takeover is. They so, the problem. Yeah. So listen, slow build. I'm cool with it. And we'll see how everything kind of, goes into that um in terms of aew we have taya conti showed up looked pretty good in her match um yeah they this whole sheeta thing is i'm really getting tired of Sheeta can wrestle man but she doesn't make me care no, no there's nothing to care about like i'm watching her and i'm like man she's a really good wrestler but i care more about no conti in that match right so they got to figure the thing out with Sheeta. You know what? I, with uh, this this whole Scorpio Sky thing is weird. 
<laughs> oh so yeah, weird. yeah, that's weird. Like they got that's the one time I'm hoping for WWE style booking. Like you gotta break them up. Yeah, I mean putting him in a tag team for what? Like we're just completely forgetting that he was an SEU. Like we're not even gonna talk about it anymore. All right. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I uh-huh. thought I thought that you know the whole pinnacle and inner circle. I'm, I'm this blood and guts thing. I think it, it might be pretty good. Just don't let Jake Hager talk ever again. Yeah, yeah, no. But I, I'm in, I'm invested in it. I think it's it's working out pretty well. I like the build. Yeah. I, I like both. You know, if you have to keep the inner circle together for a little while longer, cool. This this is something I'm with. But God, I would much rather them just break up. Like. <laughs> It has to be sooner or later. Send Jericho on tour. The yeah, world is yeah. kind of opening back up for better or worse. Send him on tour with Fozzie. Get him um, that um, Hangman I can't what we're doing. Starks was really dope, by the way. It, it was. Ricky Starks is really good. Oh, talking about breaking something up. Team Taz isn't a bad thing, right? But no. I, I'm starting to feel people outgrowing this. And Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks by far, is outgrowing being part of Team Taz. And then I think they're giving Hobbs a, a nice little position. I, I don't know if they need to be in Team Taz. This is the case of everyone doesn't have to be in a faction. No, that's true. I mean, they, they're doing it so they solo some, guys. They're, getting, they're doing it so they can get some real estate, which is fine. So they yeah, can get some, yeah. you know, get some looks. Which and is cool. I think it's working. They're out. It's supposed to be right. Like it's the faction supposed to boost all the members inside. I think it's doing what it's designed to do. I think they're at the point though where it's they're starting to outgrow it. WWE yeah. squashes factions before they have to hurt business. Look at that shit, right? This is like the natural progression is factions should break up outside of like the New Day and some other shit. But most factions should break up when everyone is ready. Um, Triple H and Evolution, all that shit was a perfect example. They broke up at the perfect time. Everyone was a star. Um, not saying Team Taz is there yet, but we're growing to that point where they don't need each other. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, there's two things that I want to touch on before we talk about Impact. One, I can't figure out what the hell Sting's doing these days. He's just kind of out here and just like fighting Lance Archer, and I'm like, all right, are you guys in a wrestler or what are we doing? Hopefully um, not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other thing I hope it's what I think is, it is. <laughs> I no, I, I don't know. I don't know if it is, but I, I just really like Kingston and Moxley together. Oh okay. like that whole <laughs> what were you gonna what do you think I was gonna say? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say get QT Marshall off of my goddamn television. QT Marshall yeah, versus was... Billy Gunn? Billy Yeah, yeah Gunn. Yeah, yeah, I know. In the year twenty twenty one. QT Marshall versus Billy Gunn. What? I mean, it was even worse to see, you know, Dustin come out. Yo, with the blue he paint? He, yeah. he looked like some type of weird-ass kids cartoon. It was all bad. But no, you're Moxley and Kingston. I I really they, like it. I like their dynamic. Yeah. I hope, I kind of hope they show up at Rebellion. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Here, okay, so we're going to talk about Rebellion, and I want to make one thing very clear. I don't, there's one thing I really didn't like as we talk about Omega and Swan coming up. Swan never showed up on AEW. I feel like it was a huge miss. 
Yeah. No, I, I feel like it's weird though. Like we haven't seen Impact really come over like that. I mean, it's the Good Brothers have. They're yeah, every but damn week. They're, they're on, I mean, at this point, I just count them as part of the roster. Like, I don't even count them anymore. But no one else has really come over. Just, it's more like AW's helping Little Brother Impact. And it's not, it doesn't feel like a talent share. It feels like it, a helping hand. Yeah, I just, you know, you're doing this um, all or nothing match with Swan and Omega. And if I feel like I, I think Swan has a chance of winning, maybe he should show up in AEW. Yeah. They haven't done that. I feel like it was I mean, a huge miss. Kenny Omega shows up on your show every damn week. You might as well yeah. cash his once. Crazy. Anyway, let's go through that card real um, quick. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Miro cut a, a good promo. Told you to get his ass away from Kip Sabian. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> and he puts Jeez. the ch- champions on notice. Perfect. Get the hell away from Kip Sabian. Christian Cage defeated Will Hobbs. I said, Christian's having some good matches. Not mad he at is. the guy. Not mad at him at all. And then, yeah, now we're talking about Impact. I believe this is only the second Impact pay-per-view we have actually made predictions for. So we're coming around. And uh, we'll go from the bottom. Fire and flavor, Kara Hogan, Tasha Steeles versus Jordan Grace and a uh, mystery opponent, obviously. Um, man. Fire and Flavor is just too dope. They got to maintain this as the women's tag teams. Really set it up. I I know it might open the show, right? Women's tag team very early. There's a 90-day no compete. But I would love, love for them to start teasing a tag team to come and challenge them. Keep Fire and Flavor strong. And I hope that the Iconics sign to Impact. Because I really like what Impact does with their knockouts and... I think they would let them have free reign and it would be fun. You're probably right. I have this weird feeling that Fire and Flavor are going to lose. Oh, no. Really? I I mean, I like Jordan Grace, though. I like Jordan Grace, too, but I just have this really strange feeling that they might drop these titles. If not here, it's coming soon. But they're really good together. But Give it to me at the the end of the 90 day. Like, have Iconics come in and win day one. Like, I'm with it. Um... Then we have Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storms, Willie Mack versus Violent by Design. I mean, EY, Dina, Joe Daring, and Rhino. I saw some of this on the last pay-per-view. Randomly, I watched the last pay-per-view. It was during Mania weekend. It wasn't horrible. I saw some uh, giant wildebeest-looking man take on uh, one of the good brothers. It was actually a very good match. The man is like a centaur or something. Uh, they've had, they had some weird matches on that, but... It was pretty well done. One thing I can't get behind is Eric Young. Like, I don't see what everyone else sees. Yeah, but I mean, you know. he's he's legacy there, so whatever. Yeah. Um, should be okay. James Storm is still there. Whatever. I'm just taking Violent by Design. Yeah, give me Violent by Design. Like Eric Young will probably win. Um, Trey Miguel, Sammy Callahan, last man standing match. That can't be bad. I don't think so, man. I think this is actually going to be pretty good. I'm going to say Cherry Miguel goes over here. Um, I'll take Sammy. It's a last man standing match. Like, Sammy can do something to win. Like, it's a match built for the crazy guy to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sammy doesn't – Sammy's in that spot where he can make people an impact. And I think Trey Miguel is somebody who can, he can help make. Uh, True. So that's what, that's why I'm picking Trey to win. He, Sammy doesn't need to win this match. Yeah. He's just kind of he's in this spot. He's gonna be that guy. 
He's, he's like a Mick Foley. I was about to say he's in a Mick Foley spot where yeah. you give that next guy that like so, a little bit of grit, some edge to go yeah. with him. No pun intended. Um, and then we have uh, the match where I'm going to probably go get a sandwich, make a nice little drink. Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers. Wait, for, you're watching this live? This I mean, what is it? This weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm assuming I thought I had my three TV set up back in Rocket. No, sorry. And I mean, I have to cover ESPN top rank, so I'm not going to watch it live. But whenever I watch it, I'm still just going to go make a drink and a sandwich during this. But I'm not watching this match. Which I'll match just is be this again? Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers. Uh, the best Brian Myers gimmick is like WWE before he got cut when he didn't win for like three years. Yeah, well, uh, they didn't have pick Cardona to win. But, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't yes, I don't, I don't care either. Um, Ace Austin. A three-way X Division championship match. Ace Austin, dope champion. Right now, Josh Alexander versus TJP. Josh Alexander seems to be in a weird spot <laughs> when he's not in the tag team, right? Um, he should also go to Impact if his contract is coming up. Uh, give me Ace Austin to retain. Why not? Yeah, I think I think Ace is he's good. He's yeah. here. I feel like Chris Bay will come back at some point and get that title off him, but not right now. I agree. But Ace is, is doing his thing. TJP just had it for a couple months. I don't need him to, to win it again. Um, Impact Knockout Championship, Perazzo versus Dashwood. This is probably the biggest matchup they could make in their women's division. Yeah, um, Perazzo should win. She should. I don't know, Dashwood, I could see her winning too by some shenanigans. Now, give me Deanna Perrazzo to win. But then again, I just don't know who takes it off her if Dashwood doesn't. Yeah, I don't know either, but... It's, she's going to hold this shit forever, like Walter. Walter's going on like year three. So, yeah, that's that's going to be crazy. And then we have oh, the match I really don't give a damn about. Rematch, Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers. I'm never picking Finn Juice, so... Give me the Good Brothers. Yeah, Good Brothers need to get this title back. Finn Juice is one of the worst names ever. It's pretty, pretty bad. God, Juice Robinson's just not my guy. Not my cup of tea. Um, main event, which is what we're all here for, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. Title versus title. Come on. One, let's be real. We're keeping this a buck. It should have been a ladder match. Like... I would love to see this have like Sean versus Razor vibes with both belts hanging. That would have been dope. But, um, and it would have been no DQ because it's a ladder match, which could explain shenanigans. We'll each keep Rich Swan a little strong, but Rich Swan is losing. He's not going to be AEW world champion. That'd be crazy if he was, though. God. It would be crazy. <laughs> It would be, you know what? It'd be funny because so many people like AEW, they don't have anyone to be a black champ, me included. Like, oh, when are they going to have a black champ? When are they going to have a black champ? This would be a way to get a black champ out the woodwork. Like, no one's seeing this. Um, it makes you, like, I'm picking Omega, but it makes you think. Like, everything that I just mentioned, Swan was, hasn't been on AEW. Swan got pinned by Omega in that six-man tag. Yeah. Uh, Omega's, you know, belt collecting. Like this whole Moxley and Eddie, like this could be a whole mess that gets Rich Swan over. Swan, if he wins, that'd be dope. It's on his pay per view. 
Like yes. him standing tall on an impact pay-per-view saying you're not going to dominate here, holding both belts would be a great moment. It'd shock the world. You get some trending things and then he can finally show up to AEW, even on Wednesday. I don't care if he shows up on Wednesday, Kenny Omega demands a rematch and gets the belt back. And he's only a double champ for two days. It might be worth the pub. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you've done all this. You've had Omega appear. There's no bigger moment than if Swan takes the title off of Omega. Now, some people say, "Oh, this is gonna hurt Omega." I don't think so. If you have enough shenanigans here, nobody's yeah. gonna care. They're just gonna be like, "Oh, I need to watch Impact because now, you know, this guy's beat Omega and he shows up, and it helps Impact immensely because everything's been one-way traffic. Good yep. Brothers are on AEW. Kenny Omega is hogging the spotlight." This is the opportunity. So maybe they take it. I'm still picking Omega to win. I don't think they're going to go that far. But maybe. That should be wild. Okay. Let's get crazy. We talked. I talked myself into it. Rich Swan wins, drops the belt back on Dynamite the following weekend. The following week. So Rich Swan is, is champ champ for three days. Let's sure. get crazy. AEW has their first black champ. I like it. <laughs> like, I kind of like it. So uh, we'll see how all of that plays out. It was a great episode. It was a long episode. We hadn't talked wrestling in a while, so I appreciate it. I'll keep this very short to end. We appreciate you guys. Follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. Two great guests coming out, coming up here in the next coming weeks. So make sure you guys keep glued to that as well. Stay safe. We'll see you guys again on Sunday, recapping boxing and MMA. Plenty to talk about. Man, we didn't even get to talk about Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul on this show, Dre. So plenty to talk about next time. Again, thank you for your support. We're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.